Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Wow, I am Corey. Woo! I don't know, I, he took me there this morning. How about that? Yeah. Prophetic song that came forth this morning, amen? Yeah. The Lord speaking to us about him being with us. Come on, come on. I'm, I was ready for a word from God. I don't know about you, but I like to hear from God. Woo, kind of took me back. The worship kind of took me back to uh, 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 our lockdown days. We would come in here, we would sing some of those songs we started. What was the one we started singing that we sing today? Graves. The Graves in the Gardens, man, I was, uh, we used to sing that here on Thursday night when we would record the, the, the services. And... Um, We'd have these conversations. I'm like, <clears throat> seas in the highways, I get it, but graves in the gardens. I'm not sure I like that part, you know, like, uh, think about it. That means plants are literally being fed off of my rotting body. I'm not sure I like that imagery as much, uh, but the other stuff, I'm like, I'm yes, yes, graves in the gardens, I'm not as excited about, but, but however, I believe in my life, some things that were dead are bringing forth new life, and so I'll just look at it that way. How about you? Amen, amen, amen. I went back and visited the kids there during uh, uh, the beginning of worship to check them out in their, in their uh, little pajamas and whatnot. They look super cute. And uh, uh, we've got some, new, some kids who haven't been here in a while uh, who, are, who, are, who are getting all mixed in and checking out their people. Got uh, good things happening back there. Great to be with you today. We are in our Elijah message series talking about the life of Elijah. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, actually, I don't think we're putting, we're going to put them back out. I don't know why we don't have them out, but um, you can download the Version app. Come back next week. We'll have a free Bible for you to get in the lobby. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, I, um, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I had planned for the lockdown season to be more productive than it was. Can I just be completely honest with you? That was, my, that was my time that I was just going to accomplish everything because now, you know, we have extra time. But I don't know about you, but um, anxiety and depression takes up time on its own. <laughs> and when you're in a pandemic, that's like a hobby you didn't know you were going to pick up, right? A little, a, little, a, little, a little depression and anxiety, a little hobby you didn't know that you were going to start learning how to work out uh, in, the, in, the, in the pandemic. And so uh, we had some things that we had to deal with that we didn't deal before that. So it's almost like, I don't know if it was God or the enemy knew that we had time for a new hobby. Maybe, maybe the Lord quieted things down so we can deal with the anxiety and depression. Or the enemy said, you're a little bored. How about this? I'm not, I'm not sure how it worked, uh, but I do know um, that it's lifting. Uh, I know it's lifting in Jesus' name. I, I am thankful for that. Amen. Come on. Yeah. And if you're like, it hasn't for me yet, hey, God's in the neighborhood and it's happening, right? And just expect that he's coming to your house next. Amen? Amen. I'm believing it. I'm experiencing it in my life in a supernatural way. And I'm pretty thankful for that. But one of the things I really wanted to pick up in the lockdown was I wanted to up my gardening game. Now, that may sound weird to you that you would up your gardening game, but if you're a friend of mine, you know, anything I do can be competitive. Like there's no hobby, there's no hobby that I do that I can't make competitive. I remember when I first got saved and I would just come in 
uh, you know, to our, to our worship group, and I would just stand next to people, and I'd be like, I bet I'm going to enter in more than you today. And they'd be like, wait, what? what? I'm like, yeah, you think you're going to get close. When you feel like you're in that place, and you see Jesus, I want you to look real close, because I'll be standing closer than you. See, like, that's just how I... That's just how I think of things, right? And, uh, and so I, I wanted to up my gardening game. Uh, and, um, you know, gardening is a funny, it's a funny hobby because nothing good happens quickly in gardening, right? And so you can, like, do a lot of work, but the plant's going to grow on its own schedule, right? You, it's not like if I work more, it grows more. So all you can do as a gardener is just buy more plants, right? That's all you can do to, to make more. And I have friends who know... Uh, about that, you know, I want to be more active in my gardening. You just plant more plants. That's all, that's all there is. Am, am I right, gardeners? Uh, and so that's how you get more, more active. And I, I, I remember uh, I spent a long day uh, potting up pots. See, I, I got issues, right? And so, I, you know, a lot of people, you go to the store and you can buy potting soil. I have to make my own potting soil because that's, that's who I am. So I'll spend lots of time uh, uh, investigating uh, mixtures testing them out. I'll be driving far and wide to buy ingredients for my potting soils, uh, and then I make them, and then I pot them up, and they don't necessarily work any better than the stuff you buy at the store, but I like to tell myself, you know, like I didn't cheat. I made my own soil. You know, you may have a bigger plant, but I made my own soil, right? Like you have a plant. I grew it from seed. What's up with that, right? Like next I'm going to be genetically engineering plants. That's all I got left, right? And so uh, I, I potted up a bunch of plants, it took me a long time, so I made the soil, and I looked at them, and I got, went to go water them, and I realized I forgot an ingredient, right? a fairly important ingredient in the soil, and now you have like this moral dilemma. Do I just say that's probably good enough, or do you undo everything you just did to do it the right way, right? I don't know if that ever happens to you, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to regret this for months on end if I don't fix this, you know, like... You know, if you're making something, every time you look at it, you know, like, ah, I took a shortcut. Uh, I know, like, uh, this doesn't work as well as it could, but uh, I saved 10 minutes, you know, four months ago, you know? And so I'm like, ugh, uh, I have to unpot the pot, the plants that I potted, put all the soil back in, got to put in the ingredient I missed. And, you know, it, it's like at some point when we're doing things, we got to decide, am I going to do this the right way or am I just going to do it, Right. Like, and then you got to decide, is good enough good enough for you or is, or, or is doing it right what you want to do? And, and I find myself in that a lot of times, like when you have your first child, you know, before you have a child, you know everything about raising kids, <clears throat> right? And then you have your first child and you realize nobody knows anything about raising kids. Your parents didn't know, you don't know, nobody knows, the books don't know, nobody prepared you for this, right? And, <clears throat> and then one day, uh, your kid wants to do something and you don't. And uh, they want you to read, or they want you to take them somewhere, or they want to do something. And you realize, now is the moment that I have to decide, am I going to be the parent I wanted to be or not? Yeah. Every parent experiences that. Uh, my child is, uh, you know, wants to do something, wants to go somewhere, is crying, is something. And I just want to hurry up. And is this the moment I stop and do it right? Or do I be just like the parent I said I didn't want to be. You know, we have these decisions that we make in our life. Um, during the lockdown, um, the Lord was talking to me about, you know, our addiction to certainty. And, uh, and I was like, wow, maybe we've created a God in our own image. Maybe, maybe we're not exactly following the living God. I don't, I don't know. And then I started seeing injustice 
in our country that I wasn't so ignorant as to not know it was there. You know, hello. Uh, but it just became front and center. And Christians were saying that's not important. And I was like, oh, oh. You know, like when someone makes a <clears throat> an uncomfortable comment and you don't say anything, and you're like, ah, oh, should I have said something? Or should I not have said something? And then like time goes on, you're thinking, you're like, man, I've been wanting to say something all this time. And that was the moment. And I don't know if I should. Well, I, I experienced that about a billion times, right? And then it got to be like, Christians were saying things that are just not Christian. Uh, like not even, you know, you know, like that verse in Paul where he's writing to the church and he's like, hey, I heard y'all are doing stuff that the heathens don't even do. Like, and y'all are thinking it's okay because you're Christians. Like, that's a problem, right? And so like um, uh, people who don't even believe there is a God were saying, this is a problem. Like this, this is probably wrong, right? And Christians were like, no, it's okay. No problem here. I'm like, whoa, like I'm in bizarro world, right? And uh, I experienced one of those moments. And in those moments, it was like, okay, um, are we trying to grow um, a Sunday morning meeting or are we trying to be the church of Jesus Christ in South Florida? Who is it we actually want to be? It'd be a whole lot easier and beneficial for me in the short run to just do happy, clappy church, you know, uh, go along, get along, you know. And, uh, and, but something inside me said, now is the time. Now's the time to come out of the closet, as it were, and, and, and actually say, hey, you know what? Um, I don't know. I think that we should be treating people like people. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But maybe, maybe I just believe that everybody was made in God's image and we should treat them all th that, that way. And, uh, and, 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 and we had um, one of those Gideon revivals happen, you know, where Gideon had a big army and it turned into a small army really fast. And uh, we, we were, in, in, it was amazing all the people who hated cancel culture loved it when I started talking about justice issues because they canceled me quickly. And... Um, it was, it, it was, I don't know, they embraced it pretty quickly in that point. It, ah, maybe it's not so bad after all, you know? Um, <clears throat> and it looked like in the time I blew it. And I remember meeting with uh, our elders and uh, having conversations with people and saying, um, am, am I reading the Bible wrong? Am I missing it here? Because I really feel like this is what righteousness looks like. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to cause problems, but I don't know that I'm causing the problems. I feel like racism is causing the problems. I feel like, I feel like injustice is causing the problems. I, I feel like, you know, trillionaires making trillions of dollars while people can't pay their rents the problem. You know, I don't feel like me saying, hmm, this guy's being shot in the back. That might be, a, I don't think I'm the problem there. You know, I, don't, I didn't shoot anybody in the back, you know, but uh, me saying it, that might be wrong. All of a sudden, I'm the problem. And, uh, I just, I would talk to people and I'd be like, um, am I missing something here? Um, we got a racist and uh, people are saying that's God's best. I'm like, I, I know about a, a thousand people that are better than that. I could pick, I could throw a rock in this room and come up with something better. You know, like, I'm like, are we serious? Is that our limited view of God these days? That's the best he could do. I don't, I don't, I thought he could raise up a rock if he wanted to. That's really the best. That's amazing. Uh, and, and I, and it felt like, you know, <clears throat> It felt like, you know, people were telling me, you know, you, you missed it, man. You're out of it. You need to wake up, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I watched our church, you know. I watched the people who are committed to Christ rally. And, um, and, and today, you know, if I wonder, <clears throat> did I get that wrong? Because the churches that didn't do that kind of are, are thriving. And, um, and you can look in the natural and say, well, you know, I don't know, Carl. Uh, we warned you. And then I say, uh, well, it depends on what you're building, right? Am I trying to save my time? Or am I trying to build the church of Jesus Christ? 
Now, if you were to look at my DMs these days, now those days they were ugly. I, could, I had to get off Facebook because I was, wasn't a Christian and, you know, I just, it was the insanity of it all. But nowadays I get these DMs and I get instant messages and I get texts from people saying thank you. Now, I get people who like, hey, we, we, you know, people who, who when they look in the mirror, they don't see me, right? They don't see somebody who looks like me and they um, message me or want to talk to me about uh, racial issues, uh, you know, and some pastoral care because they, they think I might get it, you know? And um, to me, um, and, and I don't, you know, I, 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 I'm a white guy in America, right? You could grow up in whatever neighborhood. You, you, can, you can be married to whomever. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm a white guy in America, right? Um, and, and, and so I'm, I'm, I don't fully know what it's like to be Latina. I don't fully know what it means to be uh, African-American male. Uh, I don't. Uh, but but I, I, I'm gaining understanding, right? And so the fact that I just made a stand for righteousness, what I thought was righteousness when it was not in my benefit at all, right? I had not, I, I'm a white guy. Like, it's rigged for me, right? Like, this is my, you know, like, this system was set up for me. <clears throat> right? It's, it's, this whole system was made for me. Uh, and so I had nothing to gain by this. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I just was like, except I, you know, I became a citizen of heaven. Uh, I gave up my rights for, for, for his, you know, a brown guy who died on the cross for me, right? I gave my life for him. <clears throat> and so I, 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 had to, I had to give up. And, 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 um, uh, you know, and so now, you know, if you look at the, the correspondence I get, I was like, man, I, I was hearing God that whole time, you know, though I had to go through the fire because of it. Now, we all have experienced this. We all have experienced these times, you know, you, you, you ever felt like you were, you were, you were supposed to do something or say something, but the peer pressure, you know, I just want to get along with everybody and just go along with the program or you feel like, you know, you know, like maybe, maybe you went to Publix and you get to your car and you realize they didn't charge me for this pack of gum. Do I go back? You know, it's just a pack of gum, but technically I just stole it. You know, like, do I, do I? Do I go back or do I just, you know, I'll pay for it next time, which never happens, right? You, you get these like urges, like, is this the time I should say something? You know, you know, God is calling you to do something, but you're nervous. Like, what is this actually going to cost me? Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's like, you know, the financial viability of your church uh, or other times it's, uh, but the Lord has sustained this church the entire time. Let me just backtrack that a little bit. The Lord has sustained us. The whole time. And let me say it this way. He sustained it through you. He sustained us through you. We didn't get mystery money in the mail. Uh, people were connected to the vision of this house, continued to have an income, and they faithfully gave to keep this church alive. It's not like we had, amen. It's not like the government sent us, you know, an ongoing check. We, we survive by you surviving, right? And uh, we just have to trust God. Um, but, but, you know, you, you just don't know, like, what... What is, what is, what is, what is this going to cost? <laughs> what is this going to cost me? And is it worth the cost of doing this? And often we just, we don't know. We don't know if this will pay off in the end. But in the end, we know, man, we have to make a decision. Like, I have to trust God, right? I have to hear his voice and I have to trust him. The, the Bible, we see this a lot in the scriptures. If you got your Bible, 1 Kings chapter 17, we're, we're going to see that we're not the only ones who went through this. Last week, we talked about how Ahab became king 
of Israel, and he started making Baal the god of Israel. You remember this? Uh, he married Jezebel, and they started uh, uh, leading. And um, he built Baal, a holy city in Samaria, uh, and a curse fell on the guy who was dumb enough to go against the prophecy of Joshua and, and rebuild Jericho, right? And um, God had set up laws for them before they came into the land uh, not to worship false gods. That, that, was like, that was like the big rule, like just... I give you your own home, just remember me, right? And they didn't keep that. Uh, and so, you know, God actually expects his leaders to be godly. Go, go figure, you know? Like if you, if you get hired as a manager at, um, at, at Coca-Cola and you start selling Pepsi out the side door, you're probably going to lose your job, right? Like, and so God is like, if you're going to work for me, you've got to work for me, right? You, we, we, no no, no part-time uh, job on the side there. And... Um, so this, this truth that God expects us to understand, um, like the Bible is pretty clear on how we're supposed to treat people, right? right? It's not complicated. And here, you know, if you, uh, if you don't get anything else, I'd like you to get this. When God's leaders lead God's people against God's will, bad times are coming, okay? When God's leaders lead God's people against God's will, bad times are coming. This is just, this is the truth. You see, when the lost act like lost, God's like, well, they're lost, right? But when God's leaders lead God's people against God's will, bad times are definitely coming. And so we see here at First, uh, first Kings chapter 17, uh, Elijah, he bursts into the court of Ahab and Jezebel. He's just a guy. He shows up on the scene in the Bible. Uh, we don't know where he came from. It says he's the Tishbite. We don't exactly know where that is or what exactly group of people that is. But he bursts up into Ahab and Jezebel's court who were leading the country into Baal worship. And he says this, put it up, please. He says, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, surely there will be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Right? This is what he says. This is what he says. My word. Now, you got to understand that Israel's in the Middle East. Rain is super important because there's no water, right? It's desert area, right? There's no water. And, 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 and Elijah shows up and starts pushing. Okay, why, why is this significant prophet? Okay, in him saying this, right, we know there's at least 450 prophets of Baal, right? We know that there's 400 prophets of Asherah at this point. Uh, Baal is a male god. Asher was a female god who often is found alongside Baal. Uh, so that's why they had them there. And then there was one prophet, Elijah, speaking to this court with all these people. And he says that it won't rain until I say. Here's what he says in this scripture. Leave that up, please. Number one, he says that Jehovah is the living God of Israel and not Baal, right? Jehovah is a living God. He says, as, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives... There's one living God over Israel. His name's not Baal. His name is Jehovah, right? He is our God, right? The second thing, he says, as his prophet, and he only needs one, this rain's going to stop. Well, okay, okay, why, why, why is that important? Now, <clears throat> Baal was the supreme God uh, of the Canaanites. He was considered the God over heaven. He is the God who is also the sun God, so he brings sun on the crops, but when he gets angry, there's too much sun, and the crops get burned. And so, remember last week we talked about how the firstborn was sacrificed? So, 
to, to appease this sun god who would get angry and burn stuff up, they would sacrifice their firstborn son alive by burning him to death. They're like, you know, so you don't have to be angry and punish us. We'll punish ourselves. Therefore, you don't have to. One, watch this, one will die for everybody. There's a concept. They just got it wrong. And so they sacrifice the one firstborn son for everyone, right? They burn it alive and uh, to appease this sun god. That's how they keep the sun god from burning them, burning them up. Now, when, when, uh, when they were going through droughts, this sun god, this god over the heavens, uh, he would go into kind of remission. He would go into hiding. He would go into a sleep mode, kind of like plants do. In the, in, the, in the northern areas, you know, they kind of, in the winter, they go into hibernation or whatever it is they do, uh, and then they, they, they come alive in the spring where they come back alive. And so this Baal was not only the, the sun god, the god over heaven, he was also um, the storm god. And so he was the god of fire in the sky. When there was the storms in the sky, the lightning was Baal. Baal would send this lightning, this fire through the sky. So he's this god of fire this God of lightning, this God of rain, right? So Baal not only brought the sun, he brought the, he brought the rain. And so it's, um, they're saying, basically Elijah showed up and said, hey, um, if, if, if you are worshiping this God, Baal, for rain and sun, ask him for some rain. My God, he's going to stop the rain. But if your God is alive, why don't you just ask him for some rain, if he's really the God. But I'm going to let you know, uh, the God of heaven, the God of Israel, the living God, uh, by my word, no rain's coming, right? And so he's like, there, now y'all, y'all do whatever you want, right? And so he's, uh, uh, he said, I, 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 I want to know, hmm, I want to know what y'all are going to do, uh, and, uh, but this is what I'm doing. Now, I got to wonder what Elijah was going through in that moment. The Bible doesn't say anything about him getting directions next. Now, imagine uh, Jezebel was already murdering the prophets of Israel. That's how she was getting her prophets of Baal into Israel's court. She was murdering prophets, and God tells Elijah, go and tell them, number one, the God they serve isn't even alive. Number two, the God that the leaders of Israel are serving are not the God of Israel. And let them know that your God runs the rain, not their God, and you are going to make it stop. Why don't you just go into their court and say that? And I got to wonder, what, you know, what kind of man would do that? Yeah. Let me tell you, someone who's already decided they're going to follow God's voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, amen. Someone who's already decided this. Sometimes when God talks to us, I know this for me, I'm like, well, tell me what comes after that first, and then I'll take that step. What, what, give, me the big, give me the big picture, God. Can you tell me everything that's going to happen? And I don't hear anything. I, I don't, he, God is like, finish the last thing I told you to do, then I'll tell you the next. And, and, and often in our, in our lives, if we want to know what's next, finish the last instruction. If we want to know what's coming next, we got to finish the last thing he told us to do. I, I meet with a lot of people who are like, God told me to do this, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I'm like, well, did you do that yet? No, because I don't know what's next. I'm like, that's next. Do that. Be, be bold in, in, in that thing. Go step out. Get on the God path. You think that's a destination. It's just the first step on the path. We, like, I, I get bound up in the big picture, and God is like, no, no, no. The big picture for, for you right now is your next step. 
That's the big picture. You, you know when you're, when, you're, when you're teaching your little one to walk, and, and they're literally walking three feet from one parent to the next parent? Like, you're not saying, well, you're not walking to school. What's the point? Right? And the kid's like, well, what do I do once I get to you? I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe turn around. If I'm going to turn around, I'm already here. Why would I walk there? You know, like, but we're like, no, no, no. We're learning to walk. We're learning to walk. Our parents are telling us to walk one to another because they're, they're teaching us how do we do this, this journey. And God is like, listen, I just, I'm trying to prepare you to walk. And so Elijah goes and uh, the Bible says that Elijah spoke this word about the rain stopping. And it says, it says in verse 3, it says, then, then God spoke. Not until after Elijah spoke. Then God spoke. And God said to him, he wants you to go up to this, this little stream, this brook, Cherith. And here's what it says in verse 7. It shall be that you will drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and lived by the brook. Uh, and the ravens, verse 6, brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. Hmm. So I wonder what would have happened if Elijah never spoke that word in the court. I wonder what would happen. I, um, you know, famine was going to come either way. Someone was going to obey God. And so here's Elijah. You know, famine's coming. He spoke the word. But Elijah, in the midst of the famine, was being provided for. Famine's coming either way. But Elijah got the provision in the famine because he obeyed the Lord. Okay, listen, God crafts his leaders from the rags in the desert. And so he has Elijah out in the desert now. Now, hear, hear me. They're in an area that doesn't get, doesn't, is not a moist area. And now they've stopped the rain. So we're talking about a desert getting more deserty, you know? And, and Elijah was a smart man, right? And so we see he's living by the stream, and it's not raining for years. I mean, he could put a stick in that, in that rain, in that stream and watch the water level going down. Like he could see that it was going down. He, he wasn't dumb. He could see the grass dying. He could see the animals dying out. And, and, and here he was in the midst of a, a, a famine. And um, Elijah was like, well, this is where God, me, God told me to be. This, this, this is where I have to stay. You see, when we, we can sometimes focus on our need of a miracle instead of thanking God for giving the miracle already. So we, we, you know, God rescues me so many times and, and we can be like, oh man, I just got this check in the mail, but I just had that bill. I wish I, wish I didn't have that bill uh, and then I wouldn't, you know, I'd be able to save this. Instead of looking at, man, this, this bill meant nothing because God provided for it right away, right? Like, we, yeah, amen. We can be looking at the famine or we can be looking at the stream, right? We, we, have, we have a choice. We look at the drought or we look at the raven. What, what, are, what, are, we, what are we looking at? And um, sometimes, like, you know, hard times are coming either way. Uh, but sometimes we only learn this lesson in the desert. We only learn in this desert season uh, how to trust God and really count on Him for provision. Uh, that, that, that was one of the lessons for me out of 2020. Like, it was hard. I did not skate through it, but the Lord provided. And I can stare, I could talk about 2020 to my children and my grandchildren about the coronavirus, or I could talk about the God who sustained me this entire time. We have a choice, amen, on what our 2020 testimony is. But, but, but God likes to 
likes, he likes to send his people into the desert. He likes to teach them what's going on in the desert. Joseph had to go through the desert. Moses, time in the desert. Abraham went through the desert. John the Baptist got his training in the desert. Our Lord Jesus taken into the desert to learn defeating God and not, 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 not capitulating on God's word. Listen, it doesn't matter how successful you are in life. <laughs> You are still have to go through the university of the desert. <laughs> it does not matter what education you have. It doesn't matter how low rock bottom has been for you. It does not matter. You have not. We are all going to go through the university of the desert. And we're going to have to learn some lessons where our life is not providing what we want it to provide. And the desert is just the beginning. It's not the end. Right? It's not we graduate out of the desert and now we're on easy street. We're supposed to be learning something in these desert experiences that we can take into our, our life. You know, we, so I, I meet people who, who like wrestle for years on whether or not they're going to give their life to God. Whether they're actually going to serve God. I don't know if I'm going to become a Christian yet. And I'm like, they think like just making that decision is the end. And it's like, no, that's, 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 that's not the end. That's the beginning. That's like, that's the beginning of learning how to walk with God. If you've recently given your life to Jesus, it's, man, that, that's not the graduation. It's, it's now you get to learn from the all-knowing, wise God who takes you places that he is all you have so you can learn he's all you need, right? That, and you only learn that in the dry, lean times. We, we have to stick with God's training pro program to know his ways in the next season. Amen? Amen? We have to. That's the only way. And so, okay, verse, verse 7, as we continue through the story here. And so it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, Zarephath, you know there? Zarephath, and which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. <clears throat> Now, Elijah's a smart man. Do you think he thought like a widow in a famine is going to have enough food to feed me? I, will, I mean, I would think, man, if I could just find a wealthy family, if I could just, maybe I could just go back to Ahab and Jezebel and say, you know, maybe if you act a little bit better, I can go ahead and get some rain coming here. Maybe, maybe I can just pull back on what I said a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can just tell the, the full-blown racist, a little bit of racism, okay, but there's just a limit, and I wasn't really talking to you. I was talking to that other fictional racist person because, you know, nobody's really a racist anymore. You know, we're post-racial society. You know, but yeah, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I can just hedge it a little bit because things don't seem to be working out for me. You know, I'm, 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 God sent me to a river, and now the river is dried up, and people are looking at me saying, see, see, God didn't say any of that. All you did was bring a curse. All you did, and, but he waited. He waited. He stood by what God said until that, there was no more water anymore. And when there was no water, the Bible says that God told him where to go. It wasn't until there was no more water that God told him where, where, where to go. And so in this time, this, 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 in this time, time of no natural provision. God's provision taught Elijah to trust God. God's, God, God he taught him. Now, I, I, this is so important. This is so important. It, when we shortcut God's lesson plan here, we, we get the suffering, 
without any of the benefit of learning. Like when we get out of it too quickly, like maybe you made a decision for righteousness, I'm just not going to have physical intimacy uh, until marriage. And uh, now you're just suffering and you just mess up every now and then. Now you're, you're like you're miserable for a period and you still don't get the payoff at the end. Like all, all, you're, all you're doing is making your life more miserable. You don't get the benefit and all you get, I mean, just like, like just hold out. Hold out a, a, a little bit longer till God comes through. Hold out. You're like, well, we're just waiting till married. Well, go on and get married. He don't get, want to get married. Well, then why would you have sex with him? Like with the guy who don't want to marry you. I mean, come on. Hello, somebody. Like, oh, that ain't that popular these days. I'm preaching anyways. Come on. Just, just add a faith clap with me. For your kids, if nothing else. For your kids. Let heaven see, at least for your kids. Just hold out a little bit. But you don't want to get married. Then what you doing? You go find something better than that. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry. Hello. I ain't going to stop saying it. I'm sorry you're hurt. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at my wife. We got a daughter. Hallelujah. And a son. Hallelujah. My wife corrects me on that all the time. She says, how come you got rules on my daughter you didn't have on your son? I'm like, he can't get pregnant. That's why. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about this by either of my children. It's a, it's a joke. I have great kids. And uh, amen. Amen. My wife is up here giving commentary. Thank you. <clears throat> Okay, here, here's what I want you to understand. So now we have a king and queen over Israel who are promoting a false god. It's not like this is America, right? Like America, America is not Israel, right? America is not God's nation, right? Like this is, this is like one of a hundred and, how many countries are there? 180, 200, something like that? A lot of countries on the, on the, on the planet. One happens to be the United States. Okay, just hear me. I know we feel special. Uh, but every country feels special, right? I don't know if you know this. Uh, we used to have this saying in the 90s, I'm God's favorite, and everybody would say it together and really believe it. And uh, it, it's good preaching, it's just not true, right? Like we're all God's favorite. That means nobody's God's favorite. That's what that means, right? And so, um, and Mike then says, he says, I'm God's favorite. Every time I say this, Mike says, I'm God's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hear me. The United States is another country on earth. Uh, Israel, before Jesus, was the country for God. This was, the, this, was, this, was, this, was, this was ground zero for what God was doing on the earth. And his one condition for them in bringing the Abrahamic covenant into the earth was that they worship no other gods. And here was the king of Israel saying, we're going to worship Baal, right? And all the Jews are being, you know, they're destroying uh, any, any, any uh, worship of Yahweh and they're creating altars of Baal. Like, this is bad. This is really, really bad, right? Really bad. And... Uh, uh, and, and, and the prophet goes in there, and the whole nation now is under a famine because of one man. Can you come? Actually, Mike, can you come on up? It, because one man, one man decided to obey God, speak the word, and now everybody in the land is under a drought for three years. This is a, this is a society that was sustained through farming, and there's no rain in a desert area for over three years years to teach the king of Israel, you cannot worship a false god. 
There is a lesson that God wants to teach here. There's a lesson that God wants to teach here. And, 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 and God's ultimate desire here, hear me this, if you're in a desert season today, God's ultimate desire here is not to punish you, not to send you into the desert, not, not to make you starve, not to kill people, not to make you uncomfortable. His ultimate goal is to redeem the relationship that you sacrificed to sin. That, that is the whole goal here. He's teaching them, listen, you worship a false God. This is what a false God can provide for you. Look, you don't, have these, you don't have these requirements of worshiping me anymore. Yeah, but you don't get any of the blessings. You don't get the rain. You don't get the comfort. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get the fertility. You don't get any of that. All you get is suffering because false gods cannot provide. This is what God is trying to get through to the people of Israel, his covenant people. This is the lesson. This is, this is like this God that you're worshiping over, over, over rain and over storms and over fire and over the sky. He's not real. And if you worship him instead of the real God, you're not going to get any of the benefits that you think that God is bringing you. That's like our lives. God is like, listen, like, I'm not asking a lot. Just be faithful to me. Like, I know you mess up. I get that. The whole reason I brought repentance was that so you could be restored. That, that's the reason for all this. This isn't complicated. Right? This isn't, it's not difficult. This all started because Elijah decided to take a step toward righteousness. This whole thing started because one man said, I will follow God and I will speak truth in my situation. What, what, what step has God challenged you with? What, what step do you feel convicted over right now that God is saying, hey, I've been talking about this for a while. Are you going to go ahead and step up and deal with this or... Or are we just going to keep going around this mountain? Maybe, maybe God is telling you, hey, there's a, that co-worker you should be inviting to church. What are you, like, are you waiting for them to die to their false god? Or what, what's happening? Maybe he's telling you to be faithful in your finances. Maybe, maybe he's telling you to sanctify that relationship. Maybe he's telling you you need to be serving in the house of God. I don't know. I don't know what God has been talking to you about. But I hope some of you in this room... The bigger decision is, I'm just going to be a Christ follower today. Stand with me if you would. <clears throat> Elijah decided to be a leader for Christ, leader for God, a leader for Yahweh. And because of that, it affected everyone around him. When you decide to be a leader for Christ, it affects everyone around you. It, it, it affects your entire, it, it affects your workplace, it affects your, your family, it affects your home life, and it affects your future and your family's future. Well, let's make a decision right now. Maybe you have not made a decision or you need to make a new decision that you're going to be a Christ follower today. And so we would say, uh, just Jesus, I just pray that you would just come into my heart. I've decided today that I'm going to be a Christ follower and I'm following you and I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I'll follow you, Lord. Let's say a quick prayer together. Let's say, Jesus, everybody. I'm a, I'm a leader for you now. I follow you. I do what you say is right. And I stop doing what you say is wrong. Wash me clean. Fill me with your spirit. And give me power to be a witness. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Can you give a clap offering for those who just may have prayed that or recommitted themselves? I've gone a little long. Uh, I blame it on the worship team, but um, it's not true, though. Uh, last thing I want to say. Imagine if we all lived this way. Imagine if we were a community of people who said, I am a Christ follower. I am serving my community as Jesus Christ would have me. What would happen? What would happen if just the people in this room today said, you know what? We're going to stand for righteousness. I'm I'm, I'm not just going to live uncomfortable. I'm going to say the righteous thing. I'm going to do the righteous act. When I see people who are hurting, uh, I'm, I'm going to actually invite them to the Savior who can set them free. When, when, I see, uh, when I see needs, I am going to pray to God to empower me to meet those needs. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to help the hungry. I, I'm going to help the lost. I'm going to help the, the, the widows and the orphans and the single moms. And the, I'm, I, I, what, if, what if we all decided like it's not for the guy next door. It's not for the other people. It's not for the church. It's for me. I, I have to step up and be the righteous example in my community. Listen, that's who we want to be. That's who we want to be. We want to be a community of people following God for the benefit of our entire city. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Come on. Can we give it up for the word this morning?